I believe in a man named Jonah who lived in the belly of a whale. I believe there is a beautiful heaven. I believe there's a burning hell. I believe that Moses led God's children all across the hot sand. And, he, and when he came to the river, God parted the water and he walked across on dry land. I believe in the blessed hope, the book and the blood, and there is no other way. That my Jesus is the Son of God and he's coming back someday. The Holy Spirit dwells within us, the Heavenly Father is above. I believe in the blessed hope, I believe in the book and the blood. I believe that Mary was a virgin when she heard Jesus was on his way. I believe if you look inside the lowly manger, you'll find God laying in the hay. I believe that Jesus died and was buried and he rose upon the third day. I believe the trumpet's going to sound so loud, all God's children will be called away. I believe in the blessed hope, the book and the blood, and there is no other way. That my Jesus is the Son of God and he's coming back someday. The Holy Spirit dwells within us, the Heavenly Father is above. I believe in the blessed hope, I believe in the book and the blood. I believe in the blessed hope, yes. I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe in the blessed hope, I believe in the book and the blood. Who was that babe? Born in Bethlehem, they laid him in a manger. There's no room in the inn. He was born of a virgin. He was God's only son. The angels shouted in the night that Christ had come. Who was that man, man of Galilee, who made the lame to walk and caused the blind to see? He healed a spotted leopard. He spoke with authority, he broke the chains of sin and death, and said the captives free. He was so much man that he slept in a boat, yet he was so much God that the wind ceased when he spoke. He was so much man that he wept when Lazarus died, yet he was so much God. Lazarus came forth when he cried. He was so much man that he thirsted at the well, yet he was so much God that he saved her soul from hell. He was so much man that he died upon a tree. He was so much God that he rose in victory. Who was that man crying from the tree? Father, forgive them for what they've done to me. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. The stone held fast the door. He rose up from the grave. Now he lives forevermore. He was so much man that he slept in a boat. Yet he was so much God that the wind ceased when he spoke. He was so much man that he wept when Lazarus died. Yet he was so much God. Lazarus came forth when he cried. He was so much man that he thirsted at the well. Yet he was so much God that he saved her soul from hell. 
He was so much man that he died upon a tree. He was so much God. He was so much man. He was so much God that he rose in victory. Well, I was going to preach something else, and just a little bit ago I felt like the Lord had me preach what I'm about to preach. It's funny they sing that. Hit the Lord. He knows what he's doing. Go ahead and take your Bible and turn to Mark chapter number 5, if you would. Mark chapter 5. Glad that you're here. I'm on today. I'll preach that other one to you tonight if you'll come back. Amen. Mark chapter 5. I heard about up in Branson they do... Um, Air, uh, helicopter rides. Anybody ever been on one of those? You know what I'm talking about? Yep, they do those helicopter rides up in Branson, and there's a older man and woman, and they decided they was talking about going on it uh, some years back, and it's fifty dollars a person. And the man said, "I want to ride the helicopter." He said, "I've never been up in one. I want to ride on one." And the woman said, "Honey, that's fifty dollars of each." And she said, $50 is $50. He said, but honey, he said, you only live once. He said, I want to go up in it. And he said, you just go with me. Let's live life and enjoy it. She said, but $50 is $50. And about that time, the pilot overheard him. He said, listen, he said, if y'all want to go up, he said, I know that you're talking about money. And he said, I'll let you both go for the price of one. And he said, see there? And she said, he said, but one condition. He said, as long as you get up there, there's no screaming. You don't just, just don't say anything. I can't take any more of this. Just keep your mouth shut. Don't say a word. You can go for $50. And they said, okay. Boy, they got up in that helicopter, and there they went over the scenic view of the Ozarks and all the mountains and stuff and the strip and all that. And we got up there for just a little bit, and that lady fell out. I mean, she was sitting close to the edge and just fell out. And after a few minutes later, he came back down and brought the helicopter around. He said, where's your wife? He said, she fell out about 10 minutes ago. He said, why didn't you say something? He said, $50 is $50. <laughs> Mark chapter 5. <laughs> Amen. Mark chapter number 5. $50 is $50. Mark 5, and we'll begin reading in verse number 26. And the Bible says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why trouble us all the master any further? And that's where we end there. But notice here, we've got a lady here, and she was a woman that had an issue of blood. And she'd been sick a long time. And she came, and she found the Savior. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings this morning. Thank you for letting us come to this place. May you bless us now and watch over me. Give me the words to say as I preach your word. 
And Father, we'll give you all the honor and all the glory this morning. And Lord, we pray for old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction. We pray for souls to be saved. And Father, I pray your spirit would move freely. And Father, we pray people would do whatever you're asking them to do today and they would follow you and serve you. We want to thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you for saving me. Bless us this morning now. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. What a great story that we find in the Bible. And this woman is, I've titled this, The Woman That Found the Cure. And uh, she sure found the cure that day. And there's some things about this woman that I think we all should know about. And there's some things that I think will stand out. And I think some of the things will apply to everybody in here. And there's things that will apply to all of us. And this is some kind of woman. It doesn't mention her name. It just says there was a certain woman that came. I don't really care what her name is either, but she found herself in the pages of the Bible. And for 2,000 years, uh, Christians have been reading about her. And for 2,000 years, Sunday school teachers have been teaching about her. And for 2,000 years, preachers have been preaching about her and talking about this very woman. And God has this woman in here for our admonition, something that we can learn from this passage. And let me say, this woman this morning... The first thing is found in verse 25 and verse 26. And the Bible says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. I'd like to say this morning that this woman, we see that she suffered something. She suffered for a sickness for twelve years. Now, twelve in the Bible is the number of the Jew, but I'm not going into all that today. I'm just going to preach a little bit. But I could imagine 12 years of sickness and an issue of blood. And I'm sure that after 12 years that the years began to take a toll on her. Some of us, we get sick and we're just sick for a week or two or maybe just a few months or maybe a short amount of time. And you can see the difference in people after they become sick, especially after months and months go by. And as time elapses and more time goes by, you see that sickness can take a toll on individuals. Well, we found that this woman here was no different than anybody else. She had an issue of blood, the Scripture says. And that issue of blood was for 12 long years. I couldn't imagine what she must have gone through all those 12 years. She was suffering something according to the Bible. I found that when people are sick in the way that this lady was sick, that you can't hide your sickness. No matter how hard you try, the sickness cannot be hidden. She was probably pale when she first encountered the Savior. She was probably weak. There might have been people carrying her and holding her up and walking her to it. She might have had spots on her skin. Her hair may have been coming out. She probably didn't look very good. The Bible says she had an issue of blood. And let me say this morning that everybody in the sound of my voice and even people that can't hear my voice, we all have an issue this morning. Every one of us have an issue. And it's an issue of blood. Ever since Genesis chapter number 3, when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit that they shouldn't have eaten of, at that time, there's something that happened to the blood. The Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. Do you know what's wrong with you? You've got the same problem I have. It's a blood problem. What you need is a blood transfusion. But not just from anybody, by the way. A doctor can't give you this. It's got to be the great physician that gives you this one. You need God's blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And sin, every one of us are sinners. If you're going to a church or looking for a church where the preacher's not a sinner, you better go somewhere else because I'm a sinner too. I'm not here to claim I'm better than anybody else because I'm not. It's just the one that I know that's better. And He's God up in heaven and He's better than all of us. But let me say, sin always causes issues. 
It'll cause issues with your family. Sin can bring issues within the family. I've seen sin bring issues within marriages and with children and all kinds of different things. You wouldn't believe through the years. I don't never tell people about these things because it's nobody's business. But you wouldn't believe through the years, through almost six, going on 16 years right here at this church, you wouldn't believe how many people's come and issues have affected the life of a family because sin has entered into the home. It always causes issues. It'll bring issues within the family. Sin can cause issues with your children. Sin can cause issues in a country. We're looking at our country right now and it's not what it used to be. I'll still say this. I live in the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. And nobody loves America more than I do. I love my country. But I hate to see America fall into the sin that it's fallen into. It's in a bad shape because we've let sin come in. And it's caused issues. You didn't hear of the things you're hearing of 30 or 40 years ago. They weren't going around killing policemen and stuff like that. You say, what's wrong? There's a problem somewhere. Amen. There's sin going on. That's what it is. You say, where do y'all stand on that? We're pro-blue. Amen. <laughs> we'll just tell you that right now. Get that. Let's just clear the way, the waters here. We're pro-blue. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I, I'm telling you this morning, sin will always cause issues. It'll cause issues in a nation. Sin can cause issues in your health sometimes. I mean, there's things that people have problems with because of sin. I mean, you go out and you get your a bunch of that crystal meth and take it for a few years and you'll find some issues. You know, there's health problems it can cause and things. There's all kinds of things that can cause problems. I've also found that sin can cause issues in a spiritual life. Oh, I've known people that were on fire for God. I mean, they were in all the way. They never missed a service. They were here shouting amen, standing up, praise the Lord, raising their hand, glory to God. And the next thing you know, you don't see them anymore. You say, where'd they go? Sin came in. Sin always causes issues. You know what I found about this woman? She had an issue of blood. And what is really stands out to me is, the main thing is, she could not fix herself. She couldn't fix the issue. She couldn't fix the problem. She tried all the world's methods. I mean, she went to all the doctors. The Bible says she did. It said when she, went, uh, she suffered many things of many physicians. And it spent all that she had. It was nothing better, but rather grew worse. She went to every doctor. She went to the Mayo Clinic. She went to the cancer research. She went everywhere you could go, and they couldn't get her any help. Why? Well, she tried all the counselors. She probably went to every counselor the money could buy. She watched Dr. Phil and watched Oprah, and that didn't help her either. Somebody say amen. You can never fix a spiritual problem with a physical method, and that's what the world is trying to do. Say so they're trying to do that today. We got guys that drove hours on Tuesday. They left early Tuesday morning, went to Henderson, Texas, and bought that baptistry. And thank God. And we got that baptistry. It's a portable baptistry, and it's full of water in there. And anyway, we're going to use it here in a little bit. And they were back by that night, just before 10 o'clock. We were in GBI. We were having right in the middle of class, right at the end of class when they came in. And anyway, and they brought that. And thank God for a baptistry, and thank God for baptisms. But I'm telling you, baptism can't save you. Baptism doesn't fix the problem. I'm telling you, you need something more than that. We're pro-baptism. I've probably baptized over 500 people. I mean, thank God for baptisms. I'm thankful for those. But that's not what will save somebody. 
Your works can't save you. I don't care how good you try to be. The Bible says, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I thank God I'm a church man. Nobody loves the church more than I do. And I think everybody ought to be a member of a church. And they ought to get in. They ought to serve God. But let me say, while the church can do many things for you, and the church is here to help you, the church can never save you. It's not in the saving business. That's not what it's about. The church can't do it. Now, we want to see people saved here, but the church can't do the saving. See, this woman suffered something, and she couldn't fix herself. I noticed something else about her in verse 27. It says, and when she heard of Jesus, she heard something too. She heard of Jesus. She had heard something she'd never heard before. That's the first time she'd heard this. Do you know what I found? I found the cures in a person. And he's the great physician. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. We sang the song, there is a name I love to, what is it? Here. There is a name I love to hear. She heard something. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in mine ears. It's the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. I'm telling you, it's something. You say, how'd she hear about Him? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Maybe she heard somebody preaching. Maybe somebody was preaching about it. We're living in a day and age where preachers no longer preach about Jesus. That's a shame. I'm telling you, God called me to preach. And in December of 1997, I yielded and surrendered my life to Him. And and I said, I'll do it by the grace of God the best I can. I said, I know I won't be the best preacher. I'm not the smartest preacher. But I'll surrender to you and do what you've asked me to do. And for all these years since then, I've been trying to preach about Jesus. I've been preaching about a man I've never even seen. But I did meet Him, by the way. I'm telling you, I'm preaching about a man that I've never seen face to face. I'm telling you, He's the greatest message there is to preach about. Thank God for preachers that will still tell people about Jesus. Oh, preachers ought to lift Him up. They ought to talk about Him and less about themselves. Jesus is the one that ought to be praised within the church. Oh, she'd heard something. She probably heard some preaching on it. She might have had to go to eight or ten churches before she heard that. I mean, it might have been one of these, you know, when life deals you lemons, make lemonade. <laughs> Whatever it might be, I don't know. My goodness, whatever happened to somebody just standing flat-footed behind the old pulpit, the sacred desk of God, and saying, Jesus died for you, and He loves you, and He wants to save you. He's been good to me. Whatever happened to that kind of preaching? But you don't see it. we got TV preachers. Got all kinds. I'm not saying they're, everyone was bad. I don't know them all. I'm just saying you don't hear much about Jesus, is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I like, she heard something, though. You know what else? Maybe somebody had been testifying about it. You ever think about that? It might not have been just preaching. She might have heard of another testimony. I mean, imagine this woman being sick for 12 years. She's gone to every single doctor back and forth, everywhere she could go. She's been to counselors. She's read self-help books. She's tried it all. She's searched the Internet from, for as long as she could, and she's not getting any answers or getting any help. And about that time, she came across one day, and there was a man who said, boy, let's get out here. What a beautiful day. And she probably said, beautiful day? It's stormy. It's, the clouds are dark. What are you talking about? He said, every day is beautiful to me. He said, I was over by the wayside begging. And he said, I heard about a name Jesus. A guy named Jesus come by. 
He said, I was blind from my mother's womb. I've never been able to see. He said, my name's Bartimaeus. And he said, I cried out to him when I heard he came by. And the other said, hold your peace, hold your peace. But I just cried out the more. I didn't care what anybody thought about it. And I want you to know, he came over and he made it where I could see. He healed me of my sickness. I bet she thought, I've never heard anybody like this before. And about that time when he got finished, here come another guy coming out there. He said, boy, it's just a good day to be alive. I mean, it's a good day to be alive. Smell the fresh air. It's just good to be alive. And she said, what are you so happy about? He said, didn't you hear? He said, one day, he said, I got sick. And he said, I passed away. He said, they put me in a tomb and wrapped me up and tied me up in grave clothes. And he said, about that time, they put a rock in front of the tomb. And I'd been dead for four days. And I had a friend named Jesus. And he came by and he told my sisters, Mary and Martha, he said, won't y'all get that rock and move it? He said, I'm about to raise this boy from the dead. And one of them said, my Lord, by now, he stinketh. I mean, he's been dead four days. And they didn't embalm like we do now. And anyway, she said, that's got to be bad. Don't take the... He said, take the stone away. And they moved that stone away. He said, Lazarus, come forth. He said, loose him and let him go. And I'm telling you, he'd been going ever since after that. And I bet you know he went around. And he said, let me tell you about the guy that raised me from the dead. <laughs> Maybe he come by one day and there's another guy. And he said, oh my goodness. He said, I've been fishing all these years. He said, I've been doing all this fishing and all this. I've never seen this one before. She said, what are you talking about, sir? He said, I've got a Savior. His name's Jesus. My name's Peter. And he said, I looked up. We was out in the boat. He came walking across the water one day. I mean, he's something else. You say, that didn't happen. I believe it. I don't care. You say, you're crazy to believe that. You're crazy if you don't believe it. He did do it according to the Bible. I believe it with all my heart. I couldn't imagine I probably about that time, here she come, and she's getting a little bit better. About that time, that this boy's walking. He's got a wagon. He's got a bunch of sacks in the back of the wagon. <laughs> and he's holding his belly and said, Boy, i got a tummy ache. I ate too much today. She said, What are you doing? What do you, what do you got in the wagon? He said, i got a bunch of fish. I mean fried. It was filleted, thin and crispy. And a bunch of hush puppies in there. She said, what are you, where'd you get that at? He said, you won't believe this, lady. He said, but I took a little sack lunch to a meeting today, and there was 5,000 men there. And he said, there was a man named Jesus preaching, and everybody got hungry. He said, anybody got any food? He said, all I had was a little sack lunch with a few loaves and a few fishes. And did you know he took that sack lunch, and he fed the whole multitude, all 5,000, not counting women and children. He said, there's probably 20,000 people there. He said, it's the world's largest fish fry. There's never been one like it. And he said, I'm telling you, it's something. He said, there was 12 full baskets left over. He said, I'm taking those home to Mama. I want to show her what Jesus did today. I mean, this lady, she heard something. She heard something. Do you remember when you heard about Him? Do you remember when you heard people talking about how good He is and how He's been good to their families and good to their life? He wasn't nothing like the doctor's. Everybody that came to him got well. <laughs> Not only that, I want to show you something else in verse 27. It says, When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, not even him, just his clothes, I shall be whole. I want you to notice this woman, she touched something. She got a hold of heaven that day. That's what's wrong. Maybe with some of you this morning. I'm Say, don't judge me. I'm not here. I'm just, it's my job. I'm a preacher. I'm supposed to preach. The Bible says the spiritual man judgeth all things. Have you seen that one posted on Facebook lately? I doubt it because they don't know where it's at. Amen. They don't know that one's in there. 
But we do. We judge by God's Word. I can't judge you by me because I'm not even better than you are. But we can judge by the Word of God what's right and what's wrong. And in any way, maybe some of you have never gotten a hold of God and God's never gotten a hold of you. What you ought to do is let the Lord get a hold of you this morning. I'm telling you, He's somebody that can help you. I don't care what you're going through. He can help you. This lady touched something. This woman touched the garments of God. Old Jim Chandler preaches for us some. And Lord willing, we'll have him again maybe this fall or so. He's good. and I really look up to him. He's about that tall. So anyway, and boy, he's, he can preach. And he preaches on this lady right here. He preaches an entirely different message. But he preaches when God gets in it. He said, you ever think about those garments? She said, if I can just touch his clothes. If I can just touch his clothes, just his clothes, if I can just get a hold of his clothes, I can be made whole. He said, you ever think about that garment? He said, they probably sold them. Uh, they are probably having a sale down there at the market. He said, there's probably eight or ten men around there wearing the same thing. I mean, he said, there wasn't anything special about his clothes. He said, there wasn't anything special about it. He said, till he stepped in it. He said, when God gets in it, that's when it becomes special. You ever think about that manger? We talk about that manger and we have nativity scenes and Talk about the virgin birth and we ought to make a big deal out of it. God did. It is a big deal. And boy, we recreate that every year and you see that all over. And Christmas cards, not as many as you used to. They don't want you to have them. But it's, you still see some with the nativity scenes. And I like the nativity scene because that really happened. And anyway, and you've got the virgin birth and a little manger. There was no room in the inn. And there they were in a place where animals were born and stored. What's the big deal about that? What's the big deal about that little manger? Nothing. Until the day the Lord got in it. <laughs> but now we talk about it all the time. Because God got in it. Amen. Just imagine those things. All the things that He got in. They say little as much when God is in it. And I believe that. This lady this day, it wasn't about the garment. It was about who was in the garment that helped her. She touched God that day. She got a hold of something. This garment had God in it. You ever think about this? Think about this just a little bit. Some of you struggling with things in your life and your marriage. Just imagine if God got in your marriage, what might happen. Little as much when God is in it. God can fix any problem you have. You ought to get faithful in church and let God do some work in your life a little while. You say, oh, we're having trouble with our kids. We just can't get them to do right. We can't get them. Why don't you get them in church? Why don't you let God get in it? Little as much when God is in it. Just imagine a country that allows God to be in it. Imagine... A preacher with God in him. And preaching the way he ought to be preaching. Imagine a church when God's in him. I'll never forget in 2001 in March was my first Sunday. March 11, 2001 was my first Sunday as pastor. We had 30 or 40 people that day. And I'm telling you, God moved into that place and God began to do a work. You say, what did y'all do? We didn't do anything. We don't... We don't know what we're doing. We don't even suspect anything. I mean, <laughs> that's just how we are. But God got in. And God began to move and families started coming. We started knocking down walls inside our church building. And man, we made that thing wider so we could seat more people. We built us a big building out back. You know what people said? Why y'all need that big building out back? Y'all don't need that. You'll never fill it up. I'm glad we didn't listen to them, aren't you? Half our people aren't even here today. Just wait a week or two. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's something. God's doing something. Then we did something extreme. We tore down our church building. I've had people say, y'all are nuts. You're crazy. Yeah, well, we never claim not to be nuts. But we're screwed on the right boat. That's all that matters. <laughs> we might be a little crazy, but it's about who we're crazy about. 
We've got big plans because we've got a big God. And when God gets in it, big things happen. I'm excited about it. She touched God that day. Not only that, verse 29, it says, And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. I want you to know she felt something. When you get something from God, you're going to feel it. (laughs) There's a feeling that comes from being saved. I'm not saying you have to have a feeling to be saved, but it sure feels good to be saved. (laughs) It feels good to know that you're saved. I'll never forget when I got saved. I was a little boy, eight years old, about to turn nine. And the Lord began to convict me that I was a sinner and I was lost on my way to hell. Now I'm going to tell you, that's the worst feeling I've ever felt in my life. Man, it made me uncomfortable. That's called conviction. It's inside. It's your conscience bothering you. And I'll never forget getting beside my bed in Bald Knob, Arkansas, and getting on my knees with my mother beside me and her showing me in the Bible and praying and asking Jesus to come into my heart and save me. And I'm telling you, that conviction went away and peace entered inside my heart, and I've never been the same again. I'm telling you, I felt something that I liked right then. And I like it a whole lot. I've tried a lot of things. I've gotten backslidden on God. I've tried the alcohol and I've tried that stuff. But it won't give you what God will give you. There's something better about it. It's so much better. We had a guy in prison that I'd led a guy of the Lord in prison several years ago. And I just left a Bible there and I marked verses and showed him what to do, how to be saved. I never even met him. And he found that Bible and he got saved. He wrote me a letter in prison. He'd led 34 men to the Lord in prison. A guy never met from reading that Bible. And he wrote me a letter. He said, Brother Derek, he said, you wouldn't believe the highs that I've received from being saved. He said, I've tried every drug on the market. He said, I've never been as high as I am right now serving God. He says, not even close. See, she felt something. It's good to be saved. It'll put a smile on your face. Salvation. It's not about a feeling, but it feels good to be saved. That's why I like being in a church. got a little life to it. Man, we ought to have some life to us. Put a smile. People ought to be able to say amen. That word's in the Bible, by the way. A preacher didn't come up with it. Hallelujah's in the Bible, too. See, those are Bible terms. There's nothing wrong with those. God wouldn't have put them in there if He didn't want us to say them. But most churches are deader than a funeral home. I'd rather be in a church that's got some life to it and happy about being saved. This world might be in a mess, but my heart says everything's going to be all right. She felt something. And then one more thing. I'm about finished. Notice what it says in verse 34. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. It was her faith, he said. She believed something. The Bible tells us without faith it is impossible to please God. The Scripture tells us the just shall live by faith. The Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I preached on the Philippian jailer last week, and he came out and told Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe. That's faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Believe is what he said. I read over there in Matthew chapter 16, and one time, the disciples were talking to the Savior. The Savior said this. He said, Who do people say that I am? They said, Some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. He said, But who do you say that I am? And you know what Peter said? 
He said, who do you believe I am? He said, I believe thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He got it right, too. That's who he is. Let me ask you a question this morning. Who do you believe that he is? What a shame that some people believe Jesus was only a good man. Jesus was just a teacher. Oh, he was more than that. He was the Son of God. And he came into the world to die on the cross for sinners. That's good news, by the way. Like me and you. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And he wants people to go to heaven with him. I'm thankful for that. This woman right here, she found the cure. But she got more than, I think, just physical needs taken care of that day. She got some spiritual things taken care of. How about you this morning? Do you have some spiritual things? Is the Lord dealing with you in your heart about some stuff? I wouldn't know. That's between you and God. I just know the man with the cure. And his name's Jesus. And no matter what problem you have or what you've got going on, he's the one that can help you when nobody else can. I highly recommend it. Can we stand together and we'll have an invitation?